This is a reminder, you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. And you are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. you joined by myself, Lawson. We've got Brett in the studio, <laughs> Shell on the decks as usual. And actually, we have none other than Mr. Southwell joining us this morning. How are you? Harley. That's right. That's right. Pastor Southwell. Pastor. Pastor. So that's right. Hey, we've got we've got the the son of Lyle here joining joining us yeah, this morning. Mum was like, "It's take your son to work day." So yeah, yeah. Even though I'm 28, I'm I was like, "Sounds good, mum." <laughs> oh, awesome! No, we're super stoked to have you in the studio down here joining us. We're going to be getting into a Bible study, looking at the Psalms, having a good time, and it's good to have a. Mm. Well, we're pastors in training, Brett and yeah, myself. We've got we've got we've got a graduate. This is, this is the wise mentor. That's yes. right. Yes, yes, but I'm not ordinated yet. So. Okay, oh. we're all on the way. We're all yeah. on the way. We're all we're all getting it that's done. Why, that's why dad's still pastor. That's well. right. Yeah. Ah. In, a year's time, in a year's time, I'll be, I'll yeah. be pastor. Yeah, you'll be okay. Excellent. Um, Wait, praise well. God. Then it'll, get, then it'll start to get confusing. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's tough. Right now, what do you what what would be your title? Like associate pastor, uh, junior field pastor, minister. field minister. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Then soon, pastor. Ironically, still stuff. works because like pastor means shepherd, field minister. You're out in the field. You're yeah, out there with the right, sheep. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, getting it done. Looking after, looking after the sheep. Yeah. So just a shout out to my field that I'm ministering to, the mm. uh, folks out at Emerald uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Longreach, if, uh, and everywhere in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, yeah. Shout out to you guys. Mm, absolutely. Hey, uh, well, let's read some text messages. Actually, before we do that, actually, like just a prank. We're not reading text messages right now. We need to have our next quiz question. Ooh, good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we are up to question number four. In what fascinating story do these three words appear? Mene, Tekel, and Parson, sometimes mm. written as Ufashan. Yes, if you know the answer to that one, 0491064669 is the number mm. to text. Where where do those words show up, you know? Yeah. Written, written on walls and whatnot. You know the yeah. answer? 0491064669. Of course, our prize for this week, the awesome 40 Days of Prayer. Mm. We have book eight. So maybe you've got one of these books, previous volumes. This is mm. book number eight. Uh, and all of them, like every single book of 40 Days of Prayer, it's not like book one is like four days and book two is like an, it's yeah. like they're all 40 days 40 of prayer days. an amazing program and this mm. one is particularly focusing on uh, messages to god's end time church you know mm. as as god's end time church as li- you know christians living in the end times what does it look like for us to fall before god humbly in prayer connecting with him being filled with the holy spirit that's what it's getting at yeah. fantastic devotional zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. again in what fascinating story do these three words appear? All right, friends, I have some text messages to get through. We have, yep. we have some epic, a lot of engagement epic today. text messages. Okay, firstly from Wayne, he says, Good morning, Lawson and Brett and Shell and Harley. You weren't mentioned in the text message, but you know, we'll, we'll throw it out We're to included. you anyway. Nice to be yeah. <laughs> Hope you're well. Missed you yesterday. Uh, if my message is um, you know, time-wasting, let me know. Definitely not. We love your messages mm. coming through, Wayne. Thanks for your messages being sent through. Um, I was thinking about John 14, 3, uh, and it reads, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. In faith, I put my Bible glasses on and look through my spiritual eyes. I see Jesus dying on the cross for me and in my place for my sins, in your place for your sins. 
Jesus is in heaven in the sanctuary in the most holy place now on the day of atonement, confessing all of my sins to the Father and your sins as well. When the Father tells Jesus it is time, Jesus will come again to receive you and me to himself. We will be with Jesus in heaven. Jesus has gone to prepare a place for you and me. You know how much preparation preparing the royal family had to do when Prince Charles was sworn in to be king. Mm. Can we only imagine what heaven is doing preparing for Jesus to come to his bride as king? The Father watching over everything. Jesus in the most holy place erasing sin. The angels organizing places, music, etc. for a wedding and the king. The Holy Spirit down here working to lead us. Uh, we scurry preaching the gospel to everyone before probation ends. So busy, yet Jesus uh, remembers you and me and says, I go, to prepare a pa- I go to prepare a place for you. Praise God. He is amazing. Amen. Amen. That's beautiful. beautiful, uh, Wayne giving us a really good theology and uh, everything was happening in God's work for us right now. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. I I really see, you know, he brought up Day of Atonement, Mm. you know, in the sanctuary. And I think the message that we can derive from that is that, you know, or a sentiment that we can derive from it. Maybe not jumping headfirst into the theological aspects, but sentimentally. Jesus is working for our salvation throughout all time. Yeah, he always, always to make intercession yeah. for us. As That's Hebrew right. Says. Always, he he doesn't get to a certain point and it's like, all right, you know, I've done my work. Go yeah. for it, guys. Live your best life. No, he is always working up until he comes back. That's mm. right. That's he right. is it's beautiful theology, isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. at the end of the day, like Jesus didn't spend thirty three years on earth and get really tired and have a holiday. He's he's working for us even That's now. Right. Yeah. That's right. It's so cool intercessing, working on our behalf, preparing mm. a place for us. Powerful stuff. Hey, Braden writes in and he says, it's an interesting discussion. Now, this is in regards to your... Yeah, the Pompeii uh, segment. The Pompeii segment. Mm. Interesting discussion about written history not uh, containing day-to-day lives. If our society were to suffer from Pompeii, not much wouldn't... Uh, not much... Uh, wouldn't be much for archaeologists to find out about apart from the prevalence of technology and people uh, would be preserved staring, staring at their screen. Yeah, mm. of of course, because there were like people in Pompeii who preserved like doing various activities and yeah. whatnot, and uh, and yeah, I could imagine like they'll get us, you know, doing if if we just like had volcano <laughs> dropped off or dropped on us, like speaking into microphones, doing the rep show. But it's like when I think about okay, what else do I do? You know, my other the other you know. Uh, I'd say like 90% of my day <laughs> and it's like, oh, you know, uh, studying. So like looking at my computer or, mm. or eating or something like that. It's pretty, yeah. yeah pretty and how would, how would they, how would they be able to dig in and find out what was written on our screens or computers and stuff like that? Like, yeah. With the scroll. Well, that's oh, it. You lose yeah. the servers, True. you lose the yeah. hard, you lose the hard drives. What's left, yeah. you know, like our, our modern information gathering is still fragile in its way. Yeah. They see an iPhone and they're like, oh, this must be an, a- <laughs> this must be a religious, uh, <laughs> religious. <laughs> Always, they're always holding it so reverently. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're lining every, up outside the, the Apple store. Is the temple right? That's right. <laughs> lining up. Everyone outside. has one. You know, it, it must be. Uh, it must be some kind of tome or icon or artifact people carry on this. Idol. Mm. An idol. Yeah, that's deep. Oh, if only they knew how true that was. Yeah, well, they're not far off. Eh? Hey, Braden also writes and he says gambling, uh, as for profit business, should be banned. Absolutely. Um, and you know, and that, and that's it. Um. Though I am not a fan of governments controlling every choice we make, as in I do think we should have choice to make stupid decisions if we do, if we so desire. But 
the choice should not be wrongfully swayed, uh, such is the case in gambling advertising. So I am all for banning gambling advertising in all its forms. And mm. absolutely, we did this with smoking. That's right. That's right. And we this did. Is, you know, this is. It's it's. You know, as you said, he makes a good point. We don't want the government to control every aspect of our lives, but we also want the government to step in and stop people being taken advantage of. Yeah. Uh, and being abused, and mm. I really think that this, you know, especially gambling advertising, is just abusive in that it, in the way that it preys on addicts. And- yeah, mm. it is. Again, it's it's one of those industries that's similarly similar to the alcohol industry, similar to the smoking industry, similarly similar to like um, the sex and pornography industry. It is so predatory mm. on on both its 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 staff, its users, whatever it may be. Uh, the only ones who are winning are the guys at the top. It That's is right. not constructive. Yeah. It is a vice. We, uh, there is something to be said about the right, and I, I, I really appreciate that Braden's included that, you know, the, the right for people to have a business and, and to make those decisions and whatnot, particularly like in our context today, if we were just to ban drinking overnight, it's like, oh, is is that maybe impeding on a right that people have previously had and whatnot? Mm. But at the same time, like, and, and, uh, I, and I, I, I come to this as a person who does not drink as, yeah. as a former alcoholic as well as, as a person who has quit drinking and has, has lived a life of sobriety for, for years and years and years now. Like I, I understand like the, the terribleness of, of drinking, of smoking, all, all those things. But yeah, there is regulations needed to be put in place, particularly in gambling, because it is so, when it comes to advertising, so unregulated at yeah. the moment. Mm-hmm. And, and realistically, the, the reason that governments first came into being, like in the earliest governments in the world, are ultimately to protect this people. Mm. And protecting the people from predatory people <laughs> in, in predatory organizations is ultimately akin to protecting them from the raiders and bandits of the old days. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. Hey, last text message here. Just have a few things growing in my garden. Beans, corn, sunflowers, cucumbers, and a bunch of flowers for the be- for the bees. And we've also got some photos sent through, but we do want to say, send those through to our Facebook page because we ca- we don't get them through the text line. We don't mm. get your photos. Send them through to the Facebook page because, as we said, pics or it didn't happen. Guys, we need, we need to see those gardens. We need to see them to know that they are real. Hey, hey, fantastic stuff. Thanks for your text, guys. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Connect with us on 0491 All righty, friends. We are going to get into a Bible study in the Psalms. We have been doing the Psalms since the beginning of this year, and we've had some really fantastic Bible studies and seeing all the different aspects and all the different, I, I would say, themes that come out in the Psalms, whether it's salvation, whether it's despair, whether it's uh, you know uh, God being sovereign, whether it's his great loving kindness. This week, our study has been on the topic of I will arise, which, you know, looking at uh, the struggles that people are going through, the difficulties that they are facing, and then God uh, being the one who is carrying them out of that. But now, today, we have a particularly interesting study titled, Pour Out Your Indignation. Mm. Indignation. What do you guys, what comes to mind for you when you think of this? And the pouring out of indignation. I know my mind immediately flashes to the end of the Bible rather than the Psalms, you know, Revelation chapter 14 and some of the events happening there. But when it comes to pouring out indignation, obviously this is a statement that is coming from the psalmist towards God, you know, requesting that he do so. Mm. what What are we seeing here? Pouring out of indignation. Yeah, well... 
I'll let Pastor Southwell answer right. first. <laughs> well, <in> the, <laughs> Deflect to the to the paid minister. That's awesome. Uh, so indignation. You know, when you get the when you see the word indignation, you think of uh, I w- the first thing I went to is like social media, and like that's a place where you see a lot of indignation. I think in like mm. comment sections and stuff like that. That's what we think <laughs> of today. You know, uh, because the, the the algorithms are driven to drive uh, drive our drive our you know, interaction through baiting us with like rage bait mm. and stuff like that mm. um and so you know there's that but all you know the the idea of indignation is that you're seeing injustice mm. and and that is um that is making you angry mm. um it's not it, it, it can be indignation for stuff that's happening to you personally but i often mm. associate it more with witnessing injustice happening to others and then feeling like a sense of like wow I've, I, this is not right mm. how this is happening and so as we know god sees everything Mm-hmm. God is a God of love. God is a God of justice. Mm-hmm. So it should be expected that in him witnessing all of the abuse, all of the selfishness, all of the mistreatment, all of the corruption in our world, mm-hmm. that he would be a God who is has indignation. Yeah, Like mm-hmm. it should be expected because it, he would not be a loving God if he didn't have indignation about these things. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I think the charge that often... Uh, atheists or you know people who are anti-bible or anti you know theism and whatnot they bring against god is oh if if god is good and loving and exists and created this world surely he either must be evil because of all the evil on this earth Mm. or he doesn't care about what we go through and we understand biblically that you know the narrative that the bible shows us is very different from that god is not the cause of evil nor is Mm. he not doing anything about evil Mm -hmm. he is he is the one solving and fixing the problem of mm. evil and working about doing so in the best way and as and be, that often from the atheist perspective or from the non you know bible reader perspective or whatever it may be where they where they have those sorts of feelings towards god like why is he doing something about it i think indignation and godly indignation is proof that no he, god god is he's real like he 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 is looking upon these situations he does have feelings towards it. Those feelings mm. are he wants to end indignate. Well, he wants to end suffering. He wants to mm. end injustice. Yeah, yeah. He does feel indignation towards evil, mm. uh, and he will work something against it. And that's the call here from the psalmist: yeah. pour out your indignation. And that's the thing. That's that's what's beautiful about the psalms. In some way, like, no, it's not indignation directed to God. Mm. It's indignation that is ultimately left to God to deal with. That's mm. right. That's, that's right. what the psalms is often pouring out. There's this sense of the injustice, everything they're struggling against everything they're raging against ultimately they trust god to deal with it and yes we've seen in previous lessons you know that the psalms sometimes they're wondering where god is in all this like we're going through these struggles we're going through these trials where are you in this god Mm. but at the end of the day even through their frustrations and the worst of human emotion they trust the Lord. Yeah. And that's powerful and Abs- important. Absolutely. Hey, let's jump into a psalm. We've been talking about mm-hmm. indignation. Let's jump mm. into Psalm 58. And in, in our lesson, you know, it, it's highlighting particularly verses 6 to 8, but I feel like this is a psalm. We can read the entire thing. It's it's only 11 verses. I feel as though we can we can read it, draw some beautiful lessons out of it. We can see, you know, some mm. of the information that the psalmist is sharing. So if, uh, if you could start for us, Brett, in verse 1, and let's start to work our way through this psalm. Yep. <clears throat> Do you indeed speak righteousness, you silent ones? Do you judge uprightly, you sons of men? No, in heart you work wickedness. You weigh out the violence of your hands in the earth. The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they are born, speaking lies. Their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are like the deaf cobra that stops its ear, which will not heed the voice of charmers, charming ever so skillfully. 
Okay, we'll stop there. Mm. Oh, dude, this is so heavy. Man. <laughs> I like, like yeah, we, we. This makes my prayers sound so lame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there have been, as we've been reading through the Psalms, like particularly some of some of these uh, imprecatory Psalms is the theological word for it. Ah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah and some of the lines the here word, that yeah. we see, like I reflect back on some of the music that I listened to when I was like 13 and 14, like on the bus on the way to school, like really mm. sad and edgy <laughs> and angry. And I'm like, dude, these are some lines, bro. Like this, <laughs> this would fit in perfectly. The wicked are estranged from the world womb they go astray as soon as they are born speaking lies mm. man this is this is incredible like incredible like i i feel like this is amazing from the perspective that uh he the psalmist is is seeing a reality um of th- that really reflects our world the, the lack of neutrality in the lives that we live there is really good and there is really evil and people mm. are on either one of those paths yep. but i do want to put out the question there the wicked going estranged from the womb you know is it really that one-year-olds two-year-olds three-year-olds are practicing wicked and are distant from god I have a one and a age. half year old, and he is practicing wickedness. <laughs> <laughs> he's wow, he's 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 well estranged from the Lord. Or? Yeah, look, it's, it's it's the human condition, you know. Mm. Um, and we are we 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 need a savior, um, because we're mm. born so so broken. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't I didn't teach him how to be sneaky or deceitful, and he just learns it on his own. Yeah. No, wow. He inherited it from me, probably. Like, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, it's not. He didn't like learn it from me. He, mm. he, he mm. might have got the disposition. I don't know. But it's just like he's so cute, but he's so like I'm just like man, he, he's not good at it yet either. Yeah. He's pretty obvious. <laughs> but uh, he still tries to get away with it. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty funny. Right. You've you've got kids as well. Uh, you've yeah. got girls though. Is, yes. Are you seeing the sneakiness? Are you seeing their their wickedness and their deceit? Well, my two were very different, but yes, uh, in different ways from the yeah. both of them. They they would try to get what they wanted through various means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially and um, my youngest especially, like she just has a will of iron. Yeah, and trying to get her to do anything other than her way um, is really difficult to the wow. point that she will sometimes try to do things the opposite of what we were doing. So, yeah. for example, we were um, we were singing like songs like "Jesus Loves You," this I know, and yeah. um, she's just saying, "I don't like Jesus." She's going through a phase of "I don't Whoa. like," "I don't like," so "I don't like anyone" at the moment. She's saying, Whoa. and um, you know, it's, again, didn't teach her that, but she <laughs> she's in this little. She's three, yeah. and she's in this little yeah. three-nager rebellion stage. Yeah, yeah. So I think this is like we're talking about kids here. We're talking about yeah. kids here. I don't think this psalm is talking about kids, though. Yeah. No. But this is talking about where these kids will end up, ultimately, you know, if there wasn't, like, godly parents and godly the church mm. and, the, and the Holy Spirit and all that kind of stuff to guide them. Ultimately, they end up in a place where we get to work, where we have in verse 6 and verse 7 and verse 8, where the imprecatory nature of the psalm comes in, the, the psalmist praying to God to deal with these yeah. wicked people that are yeah. doing, like, so much injustice and stuff. Break off their fangs, O oh God. I'm yeah. reading from the New Living Translation. Mm. Smash the jaws of these lions, O oh Lord. May they disappear like water into the thirsty ground. Make their weapons useless in their hands. May mm. they be like snails that dissolve into slime, like a, stillborn, <laughs> like a stillborn child who will never see the sun. That's a heavy stuff, yeah. bro. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's meant to be hard-hitting, right? I was just reading that. I was like, whoo! You know, mm. and it makes yeah. me think, like, man, my prayers. I don't even know if I if I if I pray that you know mm. I just don't feel like that's kind of something that that would yeah. that would come from me but that's yeah. just heavy stuff like obviously this this guy is, is has has dealt with some serious 
crazy abusers. Yeah, mm. you know, and um, if we if we reflect on the kind of context of this psalm's being written on, you know, this this particular psalm doesn't have uh, a title. Oh, uh, yeah, it is. It is of David. So this is a psalm mm. of David. He, you know, being both a a king and a warrior as well. And mm. we knew how overwhelmingly. Uh, nervous kings were about the lives that they led yeah. and how, you know, the cut the, the occupations like cupbearers and whatnot existed as a result. You know, people who would who would test their food and, and literally just constantly shield them from mm. uh, people who were trying to take them down. Like, yeah, th- he's surrounded uh, constantly. He's in a struggle mm. against uh, against evil and against people who are even seeking his life. Mm. And so he's he's seeing it very clearly. Yep, the verse ten: the godly will rejoice when they see injustice avenged. They will wash their feet in the blood of the wicked. Then at the last, everyone will say, "There truly is a reward for those who live for God. Surely there is a God who judges justly here on earth." Ah, oh, this mm. okay. We'll get into this after our song. Uh, we have right now the corner room with Psalm fifty-three, and we'll pick it up then, and we'll dive into well the result or the the resolve from justice. Hey, as I said, the corner room, Psalm fifty-three. The fool. Says in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt, doing abominable iniquity. There is none who does good. God looks down from children of men to see if there are any who understand who seek after God they have all fallen away together they've become corrupt there is none who does God has rejected them. 
Love that. That was The Corner Room with Psalm 53. You're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. You're joined by myself, mm. Brett. we got Harley in the studio as well. And producer Shell on the decks, getting it done as usual. Right now, we are going to have our final quiz question. Final one. If people did not welcome them into the city, Jesus said to shake the what off their feet. So Jesus is saying, shake something off your feet if they if they do not welcome you into the city. Mm. Um, yeah. 0491-064-669. Remember, we are giving out double points today. Yes. If you if you answer correctly, you get two entries in the draw for each correct question. So, yeah, question five. If people did not welcome them into the city, Jesus said to shake the what off their feet. 0491-064-669. Text through your answers, guys. Let's see how we go. Absolutely. And as well, our prize for this week, the awesome and incredible 40 Days of Prayer, a devotional book that we want to give you absolutely for free. You're listening to The Breakfast Show, 0491-064-669. Right now, we're going to continue. We, we're looking at towards the end of Psalm 58, because we had seen the beginning beginning of the psalm. We have David outlining the these, these wicked people, their character, what they're like, where they've come from. Mm. Then he outlines the indignation that God has towards mm. them and calling upon God's indignation uh, that, hey, God, deal with this problem. You have seen this injustice. I am not happy with this. You, God, are not happy with this. Mm. Fix this issue. And then finally, we get into the last couple of verses. Um, and let's let's read verse 9 to verse 11 again, if you can get that for let's us, do it. Brett. Before your pots can feel the burning thorns, he shall take them away as with a whirlwind, as in his living and burning wrath. The righteous shall rejoice when he sees the vengeance. He shall wash his feet in the blood of the wicked, so that men will say, Surely there is a reward for the righteous. Surely he is a God who judges in the earth. Is the reward of the righteous the dead, the death of the wicked? What, what do you guys? What do you guys think? Uh, what well, what is the reward of the righteous here that is being received at the, the death of the wicked? It's it's. Um, I would say it's vindication. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not so much that you're going to profit mm-hmm. from like, mm-hmm. oh, they all died, now we get to keep their stuff. No, mm-hmm. it's not that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's the reward is that, you know, ultimately, you know, for those who were true and unselfish and followed God's law and mm-hmm. and, and, and went through hardship in this, in this life to ultimately get to the other side where there is peace and they're mm-hmm. living in a place where they don't have to worry about um, being... Uh, uh, taken advantage of, yeah, or um, you know those, those kind of those kind of negative 
experiences that we live, yeah. that we live through. But there is a there is a bit of a case to be made for um, this being an example of a bit of human overcorrection, you know, because mm. in our anger, like only God can truly judge righteously. Yeah, like we we all have our biases, and clearly David with his struggles, you know, he he's. He's pretty mad. You can yeah. read that into this psalm. David yeah. is not a happy chap at the moment in mm-hmm. the, at this point in time. Um, but it's great that God is ultimately the judge because, yes. right. yeah, ultimately the reward and the vindication that he gives will be actually better than what David seems to be picturing, which, you know, David's a warrior. David's a mm-hmm. fighter. Um, David's picturing a victory on a battlefield, mm-hmm. it seems to me. Mm-hmm. Like there's the bl- yeah, wash his feet in the blood of the yeah. wicked. That's not necessarily how judgment's going to actually work. Mm. But... You know, at the end of the day, leaving it up to God, it's going to be more just, more righteous yeah. than anything that David may have overcorrected a little bit on. We also, like, in David's immediate circumstances, we see that as he is fighting, you know, as he would go to war with nations that, say, had subjugated at one point Israel or mm. had, you know, inflicted some kind of pain upon them and then seeing those nations fall around him or, mm. you know, even before David, I think of the era of the judges or whatever it may be, yeah. like, we do see their vengeance taking place. But what is so clear is that all of those victories were enabled by God. Yes. Right? And we saw that in in the attempts that the children of Israel often made to fight wars in their own strength, uh, mm. they sucked. Like, That's they, were they, terrib- they were terrible yep. Yep. warriors. Um, they, were, they, they were terrible. Like they, mm. they were really, really bad at warfare. Yeah. And, and they would make uh, the you know all kinds of mistakes and they would lose all kinds of ground and they would and they would have these losses. And, Mm. And but we see here that yeah God is working on he, God is bringing you know vengeance he is mm. he is the one who vengeance should be left up to and if we we can zoom out a little bit from an immediate context to an overarching context and and also see yeah uh, we can also see uh, furthermore like a God bringing vengeance for all sin mm. and all evil and and it's beautiful i think you know when we look at judgment at the at the end of time mm. uh, the first person who's thrown into the lake of fire is like the beast and the false prophet you know mm. the institutions that have worked to bring evil and harm to people yeah. and then we see the next person thrown is like the author of those institutions which are mm. ultimately satan yeah and then lastly it's it's those who will not let go of sin and mm. ultimately and lastly it's death yeah, it's death, death is itself. Thrown, mm. Death yeah. is thrown in the lake of fire, you know, and mm. so that's the end. It's done. Mm. You know, there's no more death after that. There's no more mm. any of those any of those terrible things. Mm. Well, I got a question, guys. So the sure. Bible tells us in Matthew five forty four, love your enemies, mm-hmm. bless those who persecute you, pray for those who despitefully use you and abuse you. Mm. Um, I can definitely say that David's praying. Or those who are just <laughs> him, but I don't necessarily say would they, maybe this is coming from a, a, a space of love in his heart for them. Mm. You know, how do we balance? Because we got to mm. make sure everything because the Bible balances itself out very well. Sure. How do we balance this these imprecatory psalms mm. with love your enemies? Mm. I think as I read Psalm 58, and particularly, you know, that, that verse that we highlighted, verse 3 there, the wicked are estranged from the womb, they go astray as soon as they are born speaking lies. If I can reflect to my own life, that was me. Like, mm. that, that is me. Like, going astray from the Lord. Uh, and mm. I know I grew up in a context where you know, I wasn't raised in a, in a Christian or a godly family. And then you guys reflecting, as people from godly families, like, and, and raising children now, uh, you're seeing your kids, like, 
try to make those steps towards deceitfulness mm. or towards hate or towards anger. And the reality is, is I think we are all in this position. And before someone is given over to justice and vengeance, uh, despite the evil they've committed, they have the ability to come to God to fall before him in repentance. Mm. I think the other answer as well, um, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Um, awesome. But the other answer as well is that this is... A, God is ultimately the one that's being called on to do these, mm. um, take this vengeance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, David's and, simply expressing his anger. Right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. And so, in our daily lives, it's okay for us to be angry at the wicked, mm. uh, at the abusers, at the you know. But and and and, it's, and we should we should make sure that they they are held accountable mm. uh, for those things. But our uh, we should. Uh, it is not up to ourselves to then you know beat them up. And, 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 and all those kind of things. We should still yeah. treat them with, with love and feed them and, and, yeah. and all those kind of things. Yeah. Um, but praying still in our hearts that they will come to God yeah. for, for salvation, and if not, that God will deal with them justly and righteously yeah, as it, they deserve. In some sense, it's like letting it out, like letting that anger out and then leaving it up to God, like leaving the actual judgment phase yep. yeah. to and the Lord himself. Where my mind goes with this is the experience of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, firstly... Uh, that he was there saying, God, if it's your will, let this cut pass from me. If not, you know, your will be done. Mm. Uh, Jesus takes indignation on himself mm. as yeah. our savior. Uh, he, he, although, like, even though he is completely innocent, he deserves no indignation uh, mm. because he, he, there is no vengeance to be had against Christ, yet That's he right. takes it on him. But furthermore, than the experience of, of coming out of that, on the way out of the garden, you know, being met by the, the officials and, uh, the, you know, his capture. And you have Peter drawing a sword, cutting the ear off of the servant, and Jesus turning to Peter and saying, like, no, like, healing this guy's ear first yeah, and those foremost. Those who live by the sword mm. will die by the sword. Yeah. And, but then he says, oh, like, you know, if I wanted, 12 legions of angels could show up. Now, the interesting thing is that at, at the return of Christ, there will be legions of angels. There will be destruction upon the earth. Probation mm. will be closed. There will be justice and vengeance. But till that point, you could say the the, the opportunity, the door is still open. The mm. door is still open. And even to those who led Jesus to his crucifixion, the door was open. Mm. Give them time. Yeah, powerful stuff. Hey, right now we have Regnum Christie Music Collective with Gethsemane. Tonight. 
FM Breakfast Show, positively different radio. You have questions you need answered? The popular question of the day segment has moved. Lyle Southwell will answer every Bible question you have on his new time spot Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Faith FM. During the afternoons with Shell program. So send your questions to info at faithfm.com.au or text us at 04 888 
The same God who makes the planet spin Tells the tide when it should rise Put the color in my eyes The same God who makes the seasons change Knows the number of the stars Every secret in my heart All my doubts All my questions In every fear I have about what might happen You're the same God You're with me in the And every tear as it falls I know you'll never change Even when I'm feeling far away You love me the same, God You love me the same, God You love me the same, God You love me the same You're a God of grace and empathy You know how it feels to cry Cause you lived a human life You're not afraid of anything Even darkness is a light There's no reason I should hide All my doubts, all my questions In every fear I have about what might happen You're the same And every tears it falls I know you'll never change Even when I'm feeling far away You love me the same, God You love me the same, God You love me the same, God You love me the same That was Hannah Kerr with Same God. You are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. And it has come time. Mate, no more questions, just answers. Just let's answers. get into it. Hey, let's let's run through it if you can. Let's do it. Brett. So question one was true or false? Luke contains the most text of the four Gospels. The answer is true. The answer Luke is, is the longest. Yep, that is right. Yeah, mm. It's actually funny. I know a family and uh, they have four sons and 
Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they're <laughs> all massively tall. But Luke is by far the tallest. Like he's he's the tallest out of all the, and he's also symbolic. Like, God has blessed that. Family. Yeah, that's right. With <laughs> with tall children and one especially tall child. <laughs> that's and it's Luke, which is cool. That's great. Yeah. Oh, so go. good. No, Luke's very thorough. Mm. Uh, question two. God said, "When His word goes out, it will not void." Return void, yeah, that's void. right. Uh, return void. And that's because... Sorry, I forgot return. Yeah. The, the promise that God is giving is that ultimately when his word is dispensed, it will bring change about in people. I feel like this is a beautiful encouragement because uh, we live in a time in which, which it is so easy, it's easier than ever before uh, to communicate with people to dispense God's word. Yet I think people are continually under the impression that, oh, God's word isn't powerful. And unfortunately, even Christians themselves can take on this kind of idea that, oh, when it comes to the preaching in church, it's like, oh, should we focus on the Bible? You know, I've even had conversations with people recently uh, that, you know, have, have gotten into a little bit of like, oh, you know, we're, we're Christians. We're not Bibleists. You mm. know, <laughs> we're not, we're not, we're not bound so much to this, but no, yeah. God's word is, that is where the truth yeah. is. That John is where 1, the power 1. is. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Right. Like the word of God yeah. is the, our, it's how God speaks to us, yeah. right? We know that, yeah. that, you know, the Bibles that are sitting around us aren't literally, you know, we don't believe in pantheism. Jesus mm. isn't literally that Bible, but he yes. identified, he's like, this word is me. Mm. So the word's so strong there. And when it goes out, you know, as much as Jesus would do the work of healing, of saving, of all these amazing things that he did, it's like, he mm. is saying, when my word goes out, it will have that power. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Hey, let's get into our uh, next Question one. three was a fill in the blank one. Uh, and it comes from Psalm 97.10. You who love the Lord hate evil. Mm. He preserves the souls of his saints. He delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. So hate was the missing word. Yeah, I love that too. And I think... Yeah, I'll, we got a few hate texts from that one. Oh. Yeah. I was looking yeah, over... Yeah, we got like, all sorts of hate mail today. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> like looking over at the messages coming in, I was like, hate, hate, hate. I was like, oh, what are we doing wrong? Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh it's the, the answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's, unless so if anyone good. was talking about our segments, let us know, but yeah. I'm pretty sure it was the answer. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. And I love like the the way that the New Testament would like agree with this sentiment, but maybe recontextualize it a little bit when, mm. when John would write, those who love God and love the children of God keep his commandments. Because that's mm. what we see there. That's that's the dichotomy yep. we have. The like evil and sin is the breaking of His law, and mm-hmm. it's like those who love God. It's like how can we? Yeah, we, we can have hate to make sure e- we're not defined by what we hate, but rather what we love. Uh, exactly, mm. exactly. But by what we love, it will also that will mean bring in naturally things yeah. that we yeah injustice and evil. And so Absolutely. On. Question now, four. Yeah, very interesting one here. Yeah, in what fascinating story do these three words appear? Mene, tekel, pasin. That's actually from Daniel five. Yeah, Daniel chapter five. Yeah, like. A history-defining story, actually, Massive. like a very fantastic story, of course, of the the last moments of the Babylonian or the Neo-Babylonian Empire mm. before they are, well, I would say that their, their great power that they had over the Middle East at the yeah. time before they are usurped by, mm. you have the, the, the Medo-Persians coming yeah. in at, at that time. And, and origin Daniel of the phrase, there. the writing yeah. on the wall, right, yeah. that we use a lot today. You know, see the writing on the wall. Absolutely. Yeah. King I, Belteshazzar. 
Yeah. And, th- and those words as well, it's your kingdom is divided and it will be taken yeah. from you, the ultimate message that's being drawn out here. And mm. that's something that we, again, we observe in history. It was that defining and decisive battle of walking mm. ju- through the riverbed and under the gates. Yep, um, that very night he was he was gone. He was, he was taken out. And then when we mm. see there that it was God working to establish those kingdoms as well. And there's also yeah. some very interesting you know, archaeological information that we, we found uh, that event confirmed through mm. archaeology and those kings confirmed through archaeology that yeah. the bio, that historians previously accused you know the the bible of saying oh no this is made up this is fiction mm. uh, but we've seen through archaeology this amazing event is actually true yeah. and taking place the very final, last question yeah, was if people did not welcome them into the city jesus said to shake the what off their feet the answer is dust the dust yeah you know we're talking about indignation before uh and we're talking about the indignation that god has towards sin and we see gentle jesus here he's like hey like you know if if they reject you, they will be rejected. That's that's yeah. the message that he shares yep, there. Absolutely. But despite mm. that, uh, when they accept him, despite you know growing up in rejection, growing up in sin, those that rejection and sin that we've already committed, God will accept those who fall before and him. And he ultimately takes mm. the rejection that we deserve. Absolutely. And overcame it. Powerful <laughs> stuff. Hey, Johnny Cash right now with Bell Shazza from Daniel chapter five. Well, the Bible tells us about a man who ruled Babylon and all its land. Around the city he built a wall and declared that Babylon would never fall. He had concubines and wives, he called his Babylon paradise. On his throne he drank and ate, but for Belshazzar it was getting late. For he was weighed in the balance and found wanting. His kingdom was divided, couldn't stand. He was weighed in the balance and found wanting. His houses were built upon the sand. Well, the people feasted and drank their wine and praised the false gods of his time. All holy things they scorned and mocked, but suddenly all their mocking stopped. For on the wall there appeared a hand. Nothing else, there was no man in blood. The hand began to write, and Belshazzar couldn't hide his fright. For he was weighed in the balance and found wanting. His kingdom was divided, couldn't stand. He was weighed in the balance and found wanting. His houses were built. Belshazzar tried but couldn't find a man who could give him peace of mind. But Daniel the prophet, the man of God, he saw the writing on the wall in blood. Belshazzar asked him what it said, and Daniel turned to the wall and read. My friend, you're weighed in the balance and found wanting. Your kingdom is divided, it can't stand. You're weighed in the balance and found wanting. Your houses are built upon the sand. Hey, that was Johnny Cash with Belshazzar. You are Mm. listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. And we have 
quickly and swiftly come to the end of the Brecky Show. Now, yeah. there's, this is maybe sad for us because we don't get to keep talking and interacting mm. with you guys, but good for you because there's more amazing programming here on Faith FM. But, hey, we're super stoked. Thanks, Brett, for joining us. Also, Harley for joining us in the studio. Always fun to this pop in. This morning. Yeah, amazing. And we actually had some, some, some fan mail come in for you, Harley. <laughs> we had Janelle and Braden writing in. Hi, Harley. You know, hi, Pastor or Phil minister so you know harley southwell um and these are these are some of your church members that you know yeah, previously previous church yeah, so yeah yeah thanks guys for saying hi yeah shout out brisbane you know shout out the amazing logan uni- reserve yeah logan reserve mm. amazing logan churches, yeah. ministry that's happening mm. out there hey as usual when we come to the end of the show no more questions to ask but rather something to give away for free and i have a book in front of me it is called life is good Life is good, but furthermore, the best is yet to come by William G. Johnson. Now, this is getting into the fact that we can experience, I think, such joy and happiness on this earth, but simultaneously we are surrounded by, as we've been talking about today, injustice, suffering, sadness. But this is not the end. God has something better. And getting into you know how we can theologically and maybe from a theodicy perspective evil and whatnot how can we how can we correctly have in our perspective the suffering that happens on this earth mm. but furthermore the life to come and the blessedness that that is if you want this book just text in the word book to zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. the first texter will get this absolutely for free thank you for joining us this morning guys and remember to talk faith live faith and act faith and you'll grow strong in jesus christ Oh